0: You're listening to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kretisa, where we encourage you not only to just wash your hair on wash day, but check your soul. Living in America with natural hair is a unique experience. We should be discussing it and giving witness to our own vulnerable and sometimes hilarious stories, hair stories that encompass much more than just how we style it, everyone's hair journey, is different. Everyone's hair is different. This is a safe space for Black Voices. On today's episode, I speak with Maya Simone Bostic about the significant impact of caregivers on hair traditions, grooming patterns, and identity development. Maya Simone is a graduate of Spelman College and a marketing manager for Healthy Roots Dolls a toy company that creates products that encourage young girls to love their curls. Please join me in welcoming Maya Simone to the show.
1: Hey, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm excited.
0: I'm so excited to have you on here. So as I told everybody before, Maya is the email marketing manager for Healthy Roots Dolls, and I am completely fascinated with that endeavor as well as the fact that she went to Spelman. I am a fanatic of Spelman <laughs> College. Tell me how are you wearing your hair today and how are you feeling about your hair at this point in your life?
1: Yes well today I have a new style that I've never had before ever in life. These are stitch braids. Yes. They are
0: l- looking laid. They are very <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah the stitches are saving lives now right now but <laughs> I got them done and this is actually my real hair. So I didn't mm-hmm. want any hair added because I really just, when the weather gets cold, I do mm-hmm. tend to do protective styles because I just, I live in Detroit, cold is cold <laughs> and you know, you're in to <laughs> get real brittle and break. So I yeah. just want something new and I don't know how to do stitch braids. I feel really good about my hair. I've learned how to do my hair from bantu knots, flexi rods, um, I even know how to do my own knot list, but stitch braids, I don't know how to do those. Okay. So I actually went to somebody to get these done. So I'm excited about this new hairstyle and how long it will like stay up.
0: It looks like it is going to stay
1: where oh. it's laid at <laughs> really He got me together for sure.
0: very nice. So can you tell me how you found healthy root styles and how you got connected with the organization or the
1: company? Yes. so well, actually, I didn't really find them per se. My senior year of Spellman, I went to like a recruiting, you know, we try to find jobs post-college. And this recruiter guy for a program called Venture for America had an event. I went to, I went and I did their four-step process to become a fellow for Venture for America. So it's a fellowship for people who want to be young entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and or have an entrepreneurial spirit, and so I was accepted as a fellow. And in VFA, you have a match process where you pitch yourself to companies, and companies mm-hmm. partner with VFA to pitch themselves to get young, energetic talent. And you will go work for that company for two years because the two the fellowship is a two year fellowship. Okay, you have that commitment to work at that company or just a VFA company period mm-hmm. and it happened that my boss actually pitched me so I didn't know if she ever like saw a picture of me I didn't know if she knew that if I had natural hair mm-hmm. or would be just based off of my credentials but okay. she pitched me I applied I originally was the community manager at Healthy Roots and I've been there ever since I graduated college and I love it so that's, how
0: that's awesome how many how many years have you been there two years this two years
1: made two years too in August so
0: how is the company doing by itself? Like, how is it impacting Who are who's buying the dolls?
1: Yes. Well, little girls, little kids all over. their grandparents, parents, moms, aunties, cousins. Everybody is buying them the, the doll. And I think it's beautiful because every time a person buys the doll, because, like, my nieces have the doll. Mm-hmm. They say, like, I wish I had a doll like this growing up. And I always said that, too. Like, when I first got to the company, I'm like, Because the doll is dope. Like we have three dolls now. When I first started there, we only had one doll named Zoe. Now we have three dolls that range from different hair textures, different skin complexions, but all of their hair can be washed and styled. And that's really the point that people get the doll and are like, no, this is awesome because now your child isn't just running around going to the store with a the dog they're actually sitting down enjoying wash day with their dog because their dog gets to mm-hmm. get the same hairstyle as them they get to put product in it real products and they get to do real styles with them so it's really cute
0: that is amazing i love the idea of giving an opportunity for the, long, the young kids to get comfortable with their hair texture and to learn it and like that is such socialization that happens when little girls are young or little kids are young. is when they get to see representations of themselves right. and they get to practice and play. Like that is amazing. I love that this is a happening. I'm going to have to get me a dollar too. two. <laughs> Were you always natural?
1: Yeah, I was always natural. I never got a perm because my dad I'm very thankful about this now in life. Mm-hmm. But when I wanted a perm, my dad was like, no, your hair is going to fall out. <laughs> and, and, I mean, in hindsight, he said that because he knew I wasn't going to keep up with it. I wasn't going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him. He processed my hair at the time when I wanted to. So I've always been natural. I did get some heat damage, but it wasn't like, you know, a perm.
0: Okay. Well, good for dad knowing like, protecting your scalp out there in the streets. (laughs) Tell me how you felt about your hair as you grew.
1: Yeah. So it's been so many emotions in every like stage of my life. But when I was younger, I 100%, I'm not going to say I hated my hair, but essentially I hated my hair. I never wore my real hair. I would go to stylists to get weave and they're like, The weave I'm sewing into your hair is way worse than your real hair. Like like the type of curls I was getting, like, you know, the wavies. I'll get tracks glued into my hair. I'll get braids. I'll get anything just to not have my hair out because Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to manage it nor style it. I thought my hair was just too much. It was too overwhelming. I had a lot of it. And it was just all over the place all the time because I didn't know what to do with it. And my grandma raised me and she didn't know how to do hair. So it wasn't like I had someone just putting me in between their legs and snatching me up. It was more so like, figure it out. So my figuring it out was, well, I'm not. I'm gonna just go to anybody and get my hair done. And we we resulted into heat damage. And as I got older, uh-huh. and like, I got older and I believe in like, Middle school, high school, I stopped doing like the weaves and the braids all the time and was like, OK, I'm going to wear my real hair. Okay. So my godmom, who's a hairstylist, decided to, you know, do my hair every two weeks and I got a blowout. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I loved my hair because I always had it straight every two weeks, but didn't realize when I wanted to wear it curly that I had actually damaged my natural hair and my Mm -hmm. natural curls. Like my aunt will always be like, your hair wasn't like this when you were younger. Like Mm -hmm. she will always remind me of that. And I'm like, well, I don't know how it was when I was younger because I didn't do it. And I I never took the time to learn it, but I didn't have anybody to sit down and teach me either. But in the age of YouTube, And when natural hair became like a big trend, like the big chops and influencers, it was like that wave at one point. Mm -hmm. I 100% wasn't going to big chop. I feel like I was also too young to even make that executive decision to do that. Mm -hmm. But I did know that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start trying these curly styles. And I learned really quickly. I'm like the front of my hair is super straight. The back of my hair is curly. So I started to like go on this journey to fall in love with my hair, but it was still a challenge because I'm like, this is annoying. Like the front of my hair doesn't match the back. I need to find styles that match. I need to find styles that will look cute. So I don't look a hot mess all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was just a journey in itself. And that's why I always tell people, natural hair is a journey, not a destination because I am still learning my hair, even though I can confidently say I know my hair and I know how to do it. Like I'm still learning it because I would change something in my routine to this day. Mm-hmm. if I'm not working I'm like I don't need to do that anymore like for instance leave-in conditioners used them for years now I'm like I don't use leave-in conditioners anymore so when people be like oh I'm about to put this leave-in on Dennis Joe, I'm like I don't like leave-in conditioners like I don't <laughs> like you'd be good but if you told me that three years ago I would have been like oh this is my favorite leave-in and I do this and this like so it's changing all the time so mm-hmm. definitely as I grew into learning to love my hair I grew into learning to understand my hair and now I'm at a place where it's just like I love my hair I prefer it over any any other style that's why Mm -hmm. I have wigs that I paid 300 400 for and I don't even wear them anymore I want to get braids and it's going to be my real hair like (laughs) I I just prefer it over it like I probably would add hair to like knotless or like some long twists but other than that it's nine times out of ten going to be my real hair now and That's a journey in itself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. When you mentioned something about being able to make the executive decision about your hair, when were you old enough to make that executive decision about your hair? When could you do what you wanted with it?
1: Right. Well, I would definitely say even though like I couldn't say I'm going to cut my hair but at the age of 12 was the time like I started putting braids and stuff in the weaves and doing mm-hmm. that with my hair like oh I made a hair appointment dad I'm about to go get it done mm-hmm. it was more so that but like when it came to cutting my hair and like dyeing it and doing stuff that was like super permanent I don't mm-hmm. believe I had that autonomy until late high school college to be honest yeah college for sure like Cause I was getting like highlights here and there when I was still getting my hair straightened, but it was more so like my dad approved of it because my godmom was doing it. But like in college, I was like, okay, we're going full blonde. Did it like I was able to say <laughs> what I wanted to do?
0: That's when all the mistakes happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dyed my hair for a fashion show and all of it fell out, it was like maybe an inch or two left. And
1: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie, the people that dye their hair like with boxes or like just people that don't know what y'all are brave. Like I, that's one thing that I was like, I need a professional. I -hmm. need a professional. Y'all are
0: brave. Mm -hmm. What's your earliest memory of a wash day? And who was your, the person that washed your hair? Like what was your relationship like with them?
1: Yeah. So, well, earlier, earlier. So when I was young, 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 my mom did my hair, but my mom ended up passing away when I was six and Mm -hmm. my mom had natural hair. So I know she knew what she was doing now I move in with my grandma my grandmother does not know how to do natural hair even though she's you know she has natural hair she doesn't know how to do her own hair so why is that she why you know that's a good question why didn't my grandma know how to do her hair I believe it's because she was raised by her grandparents and Mm -hmm. they lived in North Carolina the South they they had they worked on I believe they had a a storefront Mm -hmm. on everything but hair and my grandma always like in pictures I've seen she's always kept her hair short too so I believe that my hair was just a different texture because my father's side of the family their hair is also very like this it's more loose it's not as coarse and kinky Mm -hmm. as my my hair and my mom's side of this family so I just feel like she just never knew because nobody ever taught her and my I have an aunt so my grandma has a daughter who also did not know how to do hair. So she taught herself, who had three daughters. And now she knows how to do hair. And she kept their hair in braids. Mm-hmm. And that just shows the difference in, like, generations. Because she, my aunt, when I would see her, because she lived in North Carolina, she always put my hair in braids. And it was, like, the slightest bush part. Like, if it, like, looked a little bad, she would take them all out and redo them right there. Like, she okay. did not. But my dad... He, I remember my dad washing my hair once in life and it was surprisingly good. It was in the sink. He did his thing. But other than that, I, I promise you, like my grandma used to take me to my cousin's grandma and that's who washed my hair for the moment or whomever was doing my hair. Cause back in the day, the stylist wasn't like come wash and blow dry. Like the stylist actually washed you.
0: It's for the young kids, just to tell you back in the day they actually used to do your hair the
1: whole thing (laughs) like the entire thing so like whomever (laughs) I was going to actually washed my hair so those are like but I just remember vivid memories of like being in the shampoo bowl water getting all over my face being frustrated like Mm. and then like you know scrubbing your hair tight like it it was just like annoying so I didn't really like getting my hair washed but it was a thing that was done and that's probably why I didn't wash it as often as I should have. But the styles I were get I was getting I wasn't gonna wash it once a week anyway so
0: yeah okay well a lot of people definitely mention the impact of history and generational influences on how they wear their hair and grandmothers who grew up in a different time that is the thing that got them a lot of forward mobility is making sure that they had certain things in place not that they you know watered down their blackness or changed anything real about themselves but they definitely changed their texture so that they could at least not be shooed away at first sight
1: yeah yeah my grandma definitely when I started wearing it curly she'd be like why why are you wearing your hair like that or Mm -hmm. like when are you gonna get it done? And I'm like, it is done. But <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough, grandma is done. <laughs> right, I'm like, no, this is done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience like in school when you were younger with hair? Did you notice? Any differences between you and other people?
1: Not really. And I think it was a very, it was a blessing for that because I went to DC public schools. Oh, back when it was a chocolate city? Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, I was a very blessed to have a childhood where I went to school with kids and I was the majority like so we all had our bubbles we all had our braids we all had our pigtails and like the day you didn't have your hair done was when your edges were slicked and you had a puff like we (laughs) all looked like that so I never had the experience of getting discriminated against my hair in school growing up and I'm very happy for that. I I, I feel like it's a blessing for that. So Yeah,
0: it is. It is. What kind of messages did you get? I know you said your dad had one message, your grandmother had another message about your hair, but were there any other influences in how you kind of identified or understood your hair?
1: um influences I think really was what everybody else was doing around me like I said I'll put the braids out sew the weed. like you know the quick weaves were a trend at a point like I was on the trends at one point I had a 27 piece like why was I like 14 with a 27 piece I don't know <laughs> but I was very influenced by you know what was trending and what mm-hmm. was going on in the way like I never had like my style like right now at 24, I could confidently say like a wash and go is my style. So majority of the time you'll see me with that. But back in the day, you, depending on what was trending, how I was feeling, who I was hanging around, that's how my hair looked. So if I had Mm -hmm. these box braids, it's because box braids were in at the time Mm -hmm. and all girls got braids in the summer or something. So
0: Okay, listen, how you know you're going on vacation or a black girl's going on vacation at the airport? She got braids.
1: (laughs) But for sure, and in my family, like I said, my aunt, who has three daughters, my cousins, I was kind of raised like as their sister as well. And my aunt kept their hair braided. So anytime I went to North Carolina, I remember her vividly having a braider come over to the house she braided our hair and she would put like extension hair in our hair but you know since we were younger it would be like right here so it wasn't like Mm -hmm, super long mm -hmm. and dramatic but it was cute and that's what I wore that summer when I was at summer camp in North Carolina like it really just depended on my environment at the time
0: okay tell me what you love about your hair
1: Yes, I love the uniqueness of my hair. Like, I really do love how my hair curls. And I, I think a lot of people don't know how their hair curls because they've never seen it properly defined. Because I thought my hair did not curl for years until I started, like, learning my curls and mm-hmm. learning how to do it. I just love how the back and the front are looser curls than the the middle. The the crown of my head, Now she she real coarse she real coarse. <laughs> but I love that I know those differences of like about my hair so when people are like oh no you have three this and four this I'd be like look I got curls because at the end of the day I don't subscribe to a hair typing system mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at the end of the day all my curls aren't the same so I love that about my hair and yes. I love yeah I just love the versatility of natural hair and I love how big it can get or how small it can get depending on what hairstyle I want to do
0: Okay. Now, if there was a time in your life where you did not feel so hot about your hair, what was that time? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Like some of the day-to-day experiences?
1: Yes. When when I had heat damage, when the front of my hair was bone straight, back of my hair. And I said, like I said, I love the curls, but I didn't know how it curled because I didn't know how to properly define it. So the back was a bush. Mm -hmm. The front was straight. And I just was going through this phase where I'm like, I, I'm very limited on hairstyles I could do. And I just felt, sometimes I felt defeated, but I'm a very determined person. So I'm like, I'm determined to make it look cute, but this is ugly. Like, it, like, let's be real. Like, your hair's, like, I had to put like little buns in the top of my hair or two space buns or I will try to like hold it behind my hair. Like, it was the process of trying to mask the heat damage with the bush. It was just a time that I just disliked so much.
0: You are competing with styles. Like you have the front is one style you are desiring to have more natural hair, more curl, more curls, and here you are with this thing that you desired before, but it's not okay now. Right, straight hair.
1: Right, and I always told myself, I'm like, I wish the front would do what the back does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll try to do like twist outs or braid outs, but then your twist out in the front since it's so straight, it'll start getting straight, and it's just mm-hmm. like so. It's just like you just try to do stuff, or you put a headband on it, but it doesn't match. And then you had to realize you just had to rock it sometimes because you just couldn't do anything about it because I wasn't going to cut the front of my hair and the front of my hair only. Mm-hmm. So I just had to learn how to make it work. I just had to thug thug it through. Honestly, like those periods in life, I was just like, I'm just going to thug it. <laughs> and what does thugging look like to you? again looks like sometimes having that straight piece in the front just straight (laughs) and the Mm -hmm. back of my hair curly and walking outside and living life like it's not there like yes I understand my hair straight in the front don't don't remind me (laughs) like
0: is that what you have like is that in the in your mind as you're walking out the house
1: yes like like okay I I know this I just hope nobody be like oh look like why is this like don't don't ask me don't ask no questions don't inquire further (laughs) stop (laughs) Just don't, just look at the back of my hair or like, you know, like, or I just, I was like, please don't. When
0: did you get your hair to be all curly or one texture?
1: That was, I would definitely say it was the transition between uh, sophomore year of college. Okay. So sophomore year of college, I had went home before sophomore year and got a trim by my godmom. And I told her, I was like, take all the straight pieces off because at this time, before it was straight from like the root but now mm-hmm. it's like straight a little bit at the bottom and you could see it and mm-hmm. it was like curly mm-hmm. curly curly straight yeah I was, like cut all the straight pieces off to the top I didn't know like she low-key gave me like a curly cut she didn't cut it when it was curly but she cut off all the straight pieces and I went back sophomore year and I had my hair straight when I went back mm-hmm. so I washed it at college and <laughs> I have a video crying my hair was so short. I'd never seen shrinkage like that ever in life with my hair because I've always had it. Like it was always damaged when I wore it curly. Mm-hmm. It like shrunk up to like this. And I was crying. I was like, why is my hair so short? And I didn't understand that I like was so attached to the length of it, even though it was damaged. Because mm-hmm. with my heat damaged curl, it was like down here. Mm-hmm. It was like up here. It was like. And then, and then it was black too. Cause I didn't have any color in it. So I was just like, what in the Michael Jackson? Like, I was like, I, I just, <laughs> I, I was like, what is this? And that's when I realized like, and all my friends was like, no, like shrinkage. Cause I want to spell it." So my friends are around me like, no, like, you know shrinkage is healthy. It's good. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to make me feel better. And I'm like, no, it's short. And my, um. like in the video, the girl who's like, You know, like doing this to my hair. She's bald, like by choice, but she had no hair at all. And they're like, no, that's short. Your hair is not short. And I'm like, no, my hair is short. So that's when I officially was like, you have no more damage.
0: (laughs) How did you think the world was going to receive you in your new hair? I mean...
1: All of them loved it, but it was was about me at that moment. And it was about Mm. me hating my hair, me going back to like a point where I was like, I hate this because it's short and -hmm. I don't like it. And then you realize you're like, but this is what you've been working for. Like you wanted your hair healthy this whole time and I was healthy while you are crying. And I was like, this isn't how it used to look. Like, cause I don't think people realize when you had like even like an inch of damage at the bottom of your curl, it elongates your curls and makes them look totally different. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't realize that at the moment. (laughs) So I was just like, this is hideous. I don't like it. I felt like my hair was just going to look total. I had to learn to love a new curl pattern. Mm -hmm. I got already done, settled with my straight hair and my loose curls. It was just so terrible. But then I I, I cried for like a day. And Mm -hmm. then after that, I was like, this is what I wanted. So. Yeah,
0: but that was it, you prepared for so many for however long you did with the transition, and you knew you were growing your hair out. You mm-hmm. knew you had edges on the ends that were permed, and you saw them. You were a part of the process of like, yes, feel free to cut those off. But when you cut them off, you hadn't realized just what was in that, just what that cut off those little inches meant for for you inside.
1: I didn't know shrinkage was that real, like. And I think a lot of people like in the natural community, when I have conversations with people, they always talk about shrinkage. Like, how do you like they, they say, you know, like, how do you decrease shrinkage and how how do you not have shrinkage? Like, my hair is so short. It's not cute. It's like we are so fixated on length and not health. And I agree because I was there. I, I cried Like Come on because my hair wasn't long. But you do realize that shrinkage is I used to stretch my wash and goes like mm-hmm. I wanted my hair to be a certain length. And if it didn't look like that, I wasn't pleased at a point. But then I came to the conclusion like you're stretching your washing to go, you're kind of manipulating your curls in a way where you still won't see your full curl. Yeah. So I had to break up with that. It break up with the idea of being so attached to length over health.
0: How long did that break up take?
1: Oh, like a year. Real time. Real I, time. Yeah. Cause I mean, in real, in hindsight, th- like, the The world already doesn't accept natural hair so like mm-hmm. short natural hair when it's not like short on purpose like you know like the girls would eat up the shortcut uh-huh. in like little TWA uh-huh. as soon as you get to that awkward length where it's like it's not shoulder length but it's not a TWA you're in this phase where you're just like I have to love my hair but do I love it with shrinkage so I, a lot of people I know with hair at that length they do a lot of twist outs and braid outs because those are styles that will elongate your curls Mm because when I talk about wash and goes, they'd be like my hair is too short in a wash and go because that's their real shrinkage and Mm -hmm. it's like it's really hard to accept how you look with your real shrinkage sometimes when you want your hair and you know you know how long your hair is but everybody because you know shrinkage will you could pull it all the way down here but your shrinkage be up here so it's like it is it's a that's another journey of everybody has to like get over in my opinion. It is once
0: you start like once you start appreciating your curl pattern, you definitely have another hurdle to get over with regard to length and accepting your hair as it is as short. Like my, I, I am you're speaking to right here, because I I would only do twist outs. I would only figure out, I was like, I can't do a wash and go. I need to figure out a way to like elongate the wash and go. And there are like these salons now that just do straight hydration of curls, which basically means like, can you get an elongated wash and go that's still bouncy and beautiful, but people are still looking for that. But I always see those pictures on Instagram of people measuring their shrinkage and they're pulling their hair all the way down. And I always look in the comments to see how people are processing the information. And I'm always like, this is such a a moment of pride for people, such a, you know, a prideful thing of like, I have long hair just because it's short, it'll shrink and the curls are great. And I love my curls, but don't get it twisted. I still have long hair. (laughs) It's like,
1: like, this is my hair.
0: What if your long hair and your short curly hair are just as highly valued and favored?
1: Right. I agree.
0: So that's, I'm loving healthy root styles because that is exactly where you're helping for all the other people. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people before about their experience with natural hair. And a lot of people have a difficult time having a conversation about those sad times. They have difficult difficulty mentioning the amount of time that they spent not liking themselves or liking parts of themselves and I really appreciate the vulnerability that you had to share that because that is not something that other people will say out loud but also it it makes other people kind of question did I have that experience did I feel that way and that was one of the things that in my transition I was like I do other people feel like this it can't just be me and like I can't I felt smacked in the face by all of the racial trauma that kind of like hit me. It was like, you don't like your curl pattern. Mm -hmm. You don't like your short Afro. Like you got the Afro that you wanted. First of all, you got the curl pattern that you did not think you had. then you got an Afro that you didn't think that was going to look like that. Now you have to love that, love yourself and still go to work and perform well. And yeah moisturize and, and get enough sleep
1: <laughs> a total different ball game too like, so I like my, uh, the workplace is a totally different ball game as well like, I think my experience is so unique that I can speak like the vulnerability comes from my experience mm-hmm. because I didn't have those oh you look like xyz in school I didn't get bullied because of my hair like of course everybody gets bullied but my hair wasn't the reason I was getting bullied you know or I didn't go to a place where they were like, well, you can't wear your hair like that. Or you didn't get this job because of your hair. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have those experiences. I work at a company that encourages us to do what we want with our hairs. Like mm-hmm. I had purple braids because my boss and my company encourages us to be fluid and really embrace and just do have fun with our hair. I'm blessed to say I'm in those positions, but I feel like that's why I can speak about it because some trauma comes and I feel like we, a lot of us, we like suppress it yes because we either suppress it we don't even acknowledge that we've had it Mm -hmm. and because low-key sometimes we're still going through it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. can you tell me about your experiences with other people other reactions that people have had to your hair throughout
1: your life yeah family-wise like like I said when I started wearing it curly my grandma would be like well, when are you going to do your hair? Or what what, what you doing to it? Or what's why are you wearing your hair like that? And it, mind you, they're so harmless to, to the point where I'm just like, grandma, like I, I always shrugged it off. Mm-hmm. I never internalized it because I understand like projections and people not understanding the times we're in. Because mm-hmm. like, for instance, my cousin did like the big chop. So she had like the low afro. And my mm-hmm. grandma would be like, well, "What's where your hair at? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and 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 the cutest old southern lady like Like. (laughs) what's going on here like (laughs) like so you have that generation and then you have the people that's like well that's all your hair oh wow like it looks Mm -hmm. good it looks different I have the the if you like it I love it like my dad was like like okay like Mm -hmm. you know but I think my dad was also like that because my mom wore her hair curly so a lot of times in my family when I started wearing my hair curly from my people on my mom's side would be like, wow, you look just like your mom. Like, I didn't start hearing that until I started wearing my hair curly. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, did you know she wore her hair curly like that? Like, because my god mom and them, she grew up in the era where like the Afros were in. And I think it was like the 70s, 80s. I don't know. <laughs> but she grew up in that, that part. Mm-hmm. So, and my dad grew up in the 60s, but like, he literally just told me this not even a month ago. He was like, yeah, my hair, it wouldn't make an afro unless I like unless it was dirty.
0: Mm-hmm, so he went like,
1: oh, mm-hmm. against something because when he wanted to look like Michael Jackson, he had like, but his hair is very fine. So yeah. it's not gonna make an afro. But he was like, Yeah, your hair like your mom's because my hair wouldn't do that unless mm-hmm. it's dirty. And I'm like, so I have like a mix of both. So it was positive and some negative, but I feel like I've got more positive than negative for sure. And it was, I look back, I vividly remember. I don't know. I think I, maybe because I was in college and I had already like got past the phase of like loving my hair, but I w- had this corporate internship at like a credit union and I was like one of two black girls, one of three black people. And I decided to wear my hair like natural because that's how I wear my hair. I told you like at, at the time I was stretching my wash and gos, but it was mm-hmm. still a wash and go. And I strongly believed the other black girl who was there. She had, like, crochet hair. Mm -hmm. So, like, she had a crochet style. But when she took it out, she wore her hair out. And, like, part of me in my brain was, like, I feel like me wearing my hair, like, made her confident enough to wear her hair. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel so good because I'm, like, I wonder what style she would have got. Because she had, like, straight crochet hair. Like, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't bone straight, but you know how crochet hair is. If it's straight, it's, like, a little coarse, but it's not, like, straight, straight. Yes, yes. When she took it out, she had a TWA and it was really cute. So like, I feel like because of my experience, when I see people with natural hair, I'll always be like, I love your hair. Oh yeah. Like it looks really good because <laughs> like, we need to hear that. Like we need to hear those affirmations from the outside world. And so yes. when I did work at Incorporate corporate with people that didn't look like us, they'll be like, oh your yeah, hair's nice today. Yeah. I love your hair. And I'm just like, thanks. And like, I'll just be like, okay. Today? that's cool just today (laughs) right I did something different did I I don't know what
0: what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're feeling down about either yourself or your hair or your appearance maybe even something that you used during that year that you said was particularly difficult
1: yeah to make myself feel better I like look at myself in the mirror I take pictures I take lots of pictures like on my old laptop I have so many pictures of my hair looking crazy but I do that because it's like I think it's like a confidence thing like I'm taking this picture in a hairstyle I don't absolutely love but I'm trying to find that angle that I like that Mm. I'm like okay I'm cute like or I'm I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, all right, let's if I don't like this right now, what don't I like about it? Like, I try to unpack it. Like, I just try to unpack it. Like, what don't I like? OK, is it this straight piece? OK, let's try to hide it. And when we hide it, let's put the curls over it. Let's fluff the curls. Let's spray mm-hmm. some water. And we're like, OK, this is something I can do with. This is cute. Take mm-hmm. picture. And I feel like at the moment when I was going through that phase of wearing these different hairstyles and stuff, I would take pictures and I would just really be into my appearance. Like I was, I really cared. Like I really cared. And I think that helped me like it more. So I'll like put on lip gloss, put on lipstick, make sure I had on jewelry. Like just really cared about the overall look Mm -hmm. because I felt like that helped me be like, okay. So like, for instance, like with somebody with a TWA, I always see them wear beautiful earrings. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'm like, I understand that because that's something I would do.
0: Yes. Proportions matter. Mm -hmm. Almost proportions matter the most, honestly, in my opinion. But I love you. So like, first of all, you said a therapist buzzword, which is unpacking that. And... And I love to hear that because that is exactly what I'm asking people to do on their wash day is like, while you're there and you're doing your wash day routine, like ask yourself, unpack these things for yourself, check in about your yourself, how you feel about your hair, how you feel about yourself in the in the world. Do you think that your transition or that your experience with natural hair impacted the way that you see yourself? And yeah. if so, or if not, yes, how or how not?
1: Yeah, I think my experience with natural hair is how I see myself in the world. And it I, I think it adds to like the confidence I have to step out in the world to be myself. Cause when I disliked my natural hair, I, I hid. I hid behind mm. the mask of weave, the mask of braids, the ma- like, and the thing is, is like to somebody else, they're like, Oh, her hair's always done. She she keeps up, like, you know. But no, it I was hiding my hair. Like mm. I hated my hair. So I'm not saying like be liberated by just not doing your hair and going out. I'm not saying that because my washing go is still done, but it's more so like less is more. And I, I learned that in loving myself, like sometimes less is more. And that's why, I, that's why I was like, I didn't need hair to add to these braids. So I just didn't. But, you know, because I don't want them down my back. I honestly mm-hmm. didn't want anything on my back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm gonna put them in a bun anyway, why do I need to add synthetic hair? So I think the less is, the less is more thing is really how I see myself mm-hmm. and how I like get my confidence in seeing myself. But you said something that really sparks up the mindset of wash day. Mm. That's something that I've been like talking to myself about because my wash day, I've decreased it down to like 30 minutes. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, I'm not spending 10 hours on my hair. However, Mm-hmm. I've realized that like if you do your hair mad or if you get frustrated while doing your hair especially combing it or if you look at wash day it's like a chore and like 10 hours yeah. like a 10 hour process you're going to hate your hair and it and it's crazy because like I said I wash my hair in 30 minutes I still sometimes avoid wash day like I'll be on my phone like oh I got to wash my hair today and I'll like procrastinate I could I find myself procrastinating sometimes and I'm like Maya what do you why why like it, it comes up from the past and I'm like mm-hmm. "Doing it's like it takes you literally one shower to do your hair now so when but, you
0: like see all of the other things that you could do to procrastinate like doing the dishes or laundry right. knowing you don't want to do any of that but right. it will get you away from
1: doing your wash day <laughs> I, I may not be talking about that. myself
0: here maybe maybe no
1: <laughs> that's real though or like because even the idea of when I used to like get out the shower to deep condition and like walk around with wet hair and then get back in the shower. I hated having to get back in the shower. Like that was like 100% mm-hmm. what I did not want to do. So I don't do it anymore. But it was I think it's the idea of, oh, I have these errands to run back and do this with a deep conditioner in my hair. And it's like, no, you don't because you're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just do it. So yeah, the mindset of wash day is really important too. Your mind is powerful. It
0: really is and part of the thing that I learned as a mom was that I learned that lesson by combing my son's hair and we we have a routine now in the beginning it was like it was hard for him it was hard for me. I didn't know how to make it work. I bought a bunch of like hair books for children and tried to find some other techniques and really the thing is as long as they know that if they say it hurts that you're going to slow down or move slower and the one thing that black people do not always have, is the time and patience patience. we don't have the time we don't have the patience because we often have too many things going on we often are spending too many plates over functioning in a lot of other areas so the idea of moving slower through picking my son's hair was like are you see do you do you see the to-do list that I have of things to do like I mean I could I could take care of your emotions and (laughs) and spend 20 30 minutes on this or I could like rush through this for the next five minutes five eight minutes and then he's gonna hate this experience for the you know forever so I'm trying to learn how to and that was the thing just slow them down give them opportunities to understand their hair talk to them about it get them dolls books things like that and the books and the dolls will also teach the adults how to do it as well
1: (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I lie to you Not. I always say my biggest flex is I did some knotless braids in my seven, six-year-old niece hair. Mm-hmm. She went to sleep when I was washing her hair and detangling it and stuff. I was oh. like, that's my biggest flex. Because, you know, yes, kids don't, they don't go to sleep. They moving around, they uncomfortable. But like when she was up, I would ask her, I'm like, does this hurt? She was like, no. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah. Like, or I've, and you know, kids, they want to sit in the way they want to sit. Mm-hmm. So she would like lay on my leg. I'll just position myself to comb her hair in a way. And it was an experience for us. And her mom was like. She always remembers when you did her hair. And oh. just, so it's like, you really create that experience for them. So I agree. Like, definitely. You just got to be patient sometimes. Just, you know, we're going to take our time. We're not going to rip through your hair. And yeah. it's a gift for you and
0: them when you slow down. You yes. get
1: some Hi.
0: joy and kindness back. They're like, oh, when I tell everybody, the first time that I tried the method, my son was like, thank you, mommy, for combing my hair. He yeah. said, thank you combing his hair normally he's like please get away from me like I don't want to don't touch me like we know I don't want to do my hair tonight but he was like thank you mommy for combing my hair and it really was anytime that I popped the hair I would just rub my fingers over his scalp let him know that I saw it you know and like that was that's enough and those mommy rubs or you know caregiver rubs on the scalp are They mean so much and a lot of it conveys a lot of love. These are the small ways that you can convey love and care during hair days with young children when your patience is low and theirs as well.
1: Yes. And your frustration. Okay,
0: (laughs) what do you have? What would you like to say to others who are contemplating going natural or who are just starting their transition and
1: maybe in that difficult one year period? Oh, to people that are going natural, natural, or not a struggle phase?
0: I asked you about a bunch of questions. Yeah, let me, I was like, let me like
1: people- I have two things.
0: <laughs> Tell me what you would like to say to somebody who's contemplating or just starting their
1: transition. Contemplating, if you're contemplating, just do it. Just do it. Because worst case scenario is if you don't like it, just go back to what you were doing. But if you're contemplating, if you're on the edge, Something has put that seed in you to contemplate. So you should just do it anyway. And like honestly, like me person personally, I feel like straight hair is just flat, but natural hair is character. So don't mm-hmm. get your character. So I would yes. say that's the person contemplating. The go person get your character. <laughs> the person that is natural, but they're just starting off. Natural hair is a, you know, it's a journey, not a destination. And if you don't get it in the next year, that's okay. If you don't get it in the next two years, that is okay. But just know that when you get to that year mark, you're going to know way more than you did when you first started. So, and that's the beauty of it. Because let's be real, these natural hair stylists are still learning because they didn't yes. even have the curriculum in school. So we're yeah. all together. So if you go from using raw oils to not, that's okay. It's still healthy. So- mm-hmm. Where do you
0: think the natural hair movement is going next? Or where do you think they should go?
1: Oh, where okay. Where I think they're going. I don't know. Cause it was just a wave of people about to get perms again. <laughs> um, I don't know where where it's going SOS. <laughs> but where I think it should go, I do think because right now it's a trend to not listen to natural hair
0: stylists.
1: Mm. And I want to be the first one to say, as a natural hair creator, who typically, because I see a lot of creators versus licensed stylists. We yes. say different things all the time. So as a creator, I want to say, listen to the stylist. Like, I don't want to stress this enough. I work in email marketing. I work in marketing. My efforts go into marketing. And when it goes into my hair, it goes into my hair. But you're fighting people that literally go to school and do hair Mm 24-7 so it's like even if like some of the stuff they're saying breaks up with hmm it kind of stirs up your spirit because you're like no we didn't learn that that's not what works for my hair I'm gonna put my butter on my hair and keep it pushing Mm -hmm. like a lot of people are so we're so stubborn but I feel like they're saying this for a reason because they're just learning this so they're trying to educate us but they use it on other people's hair too Mm -hmm. so it's like I just really want the movement to go where the creators, the stylists, the consumers, we're all on one accord Mm
0: -hmm. and we're
1: like trying everything together. Like cause right now Mm -hmm. it's like stylists are saying three-step method, but creators were like, nah, we brought oils and butters all day. Like Mm -hmm. and we're gonna put 10 products on our hair. (laughs) And they're like, well, you don't have to do that. And we're like, but no, this is my routine and it works. Like I just say try it out try to listen to the stylist and the thing Mm -hmm. is if a stylist tell you something and it doesn't work don't do it but everything every piece of advice I've taken from a natural hairstylist who's been learning like a curl specialist or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who's been like educating it hasn't been wrong like it actually made my life way easier so I really hope the movement sways to where all on one accord we all kumbaya we all laughing about the stuff we used to Mm do and not Fighting each other because it's like why are we fighting?
0: Yeah. Thanks. It's a habit at this point. It yeah. really is. We we are so used to getting products that don't have any sense of intention or positive intention behind them, that we have to be the own guardians of our gates. Like we are, like no, like we have to be our own gatekeepers. We have to be on those you know forums and platforms. Like they sold their company. It's still not black owned. They don't care about us. <laughs> They're going right. to put whatever in it. But right now we have such a, a surgence or resurgence of black female business owners creating hair care companies black dermatologists focusing on black hair care and there's such there's such an open field of healthy products good intentions behind them from the owners and creators and I think we can develop a little bit more trust within the natural hair community I love that (laughs) that is always a good idea thank you so much for joining me today it was a pleasure to talk to you
1: Yes. Well, thank you for having me. We had a great conversation it was on the same page. So I love that.
0: When I was done speaking with Maya, I wish I had asked her a few more questions. So I will ask y'all instead. How did your caregivers contribute to your hair transition or even the way you see yourself just in general? Did you ever feel like you were missing something if a parent wasn't there to teach you how to do your hair? Maya's mother wasn't available after a certain age, did your other caregiver, whomever they were, pour into you the way that Maya's dad did? Please, while you're on your wash day, take the opportunity to think about when you learned how to take care of your natural hair, texture. Like most of us, we've all had stylists and many of us knew nothing about our hair until either late adolescence or like full adulthood. Some of us still don't. Have you begun learning how to take care of your own hair? Do you want to learn more about it? These are all the kinds of questions that you need to be asking yourself on wash day. And so I'm glad that you're here. I am also thankful for people like Maya and companies like Healthy Roots Dolls for helping to bridge the gap for the next generation. I mean, who knows where we could go and what we could do if we learned about our natural texture as children. Who knows what kind of experience the future generation will have. Maybe the idea of a transition goes away altogether. And remember, while you're reflecting, be nice to yourself. Change is hard. Thank you for tuning in to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kortisa. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to share and support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review and share the show with family and friends. And remember, on wash day, don't just wash your hair, check your soul. Thanks for listening to the show. This is brought to you by Alive Podcast Network.